been lounging, lounging with Skipper. <laughs> You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. All right, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of uh, Lounging with Skip. This right here is episode 39. Mm. So, been at this now for um, a few years, and I took a little time where I was kind of, you know what I'm saying, on a little vacation from it for a minute, but, you know, decided to jump back into it. Um, and so, you know, picking up with the episodes of different people that I wanted to connect with previously before the pandemic. Now I'm in a position where I'm able to, you know, provide this platform and still be able to do the episodes, but reach people from a wide, uh, a wider area. I can cast a wider net now. Um, this man right here that I want to introduce to you all, um, I met him on a movie I worked on, I think it was December 2017, mm -hmm. Two Minutes of Fame, mm -hmm. um, with Jay Farrell, Cat Williams. And it was him and it was a frat brother of mine that I just met. But the energy was real good. They was cool as hell. And they were working on this film. So we would see each other every day. And during the course of it, me and this man, we, you know, uh, uh, his, his humor, the humor of how I was speaking, he said he tend to get it, so to speak. And I was like, man, this this guy right here, you know, he, he's a funny guy. And I knew that he comes from a writer perspective because at the time he was t telling me that he was writing. And I was like, I could definitely see that. And so we followed each other on IG and I seen how this man has just evolved from even from that time. Um, you know, three years ago to what he's on now. So I was like, you know what? I need to do this episode on you because you never know. This man right here is, is on the uprise. You know what I'm saying? So why not get him in now while I'm able to, you know what I'm saying? Before I got to schedule it through his manager and agent <laughs> and all that type of stuff. Let me just hit him up and get it in. So I want to welcome actor Hottie Williams. Man, uh, thank you, my brother. Um, I'm honored to uh, be invited into the space. Um, most definitely, it's a uh, it's, it's a pleasure to to be here. It's a pleasure to uh, you know, be a part of what I feel like is a a creative wave that is very much happening uh, yeah. collectively, man. So to to be able to, to connect with you and build with you on that is a is a blessing. Um, most yeah, I, I also want to mention to the people, I met this man again, I believe it was uh, two years later. It may have been, may have been two years later. Yeah. Um, on, um, what's the, the TV show, In the Cut. Mm -hmm. And he was in, a, in one of the episodes on there. So I believe it was the fourth season of In the Cut. So for those, you can go back and watch those um that season, and you'll see there's a man on that show as well. But check, we'll yeah, talk you about know, you had, no, you you had you had me looking uh, looking real sharp on that one. Actually, yeah. I had, and you know what? That, I had people look at me like, "What did they do to you?" You for real? Great. I was and like, you know what? That was that was a that was a funny episode because you was playing the girls like best friend, but like yeah, you know, yeah, 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 like from back in the day. You know what I mean? And you were like being reunited with her. Now I want to 
I want to break down the meaning of your name. So for those mm -hmm. that are seeing this, you know, they may see it as, you know, Harry or Harry. Yeah, yeah. How, so how do you go about and what, what is the meaning behind that name? So, uh, so the name is something I feel, um, excuse me, very, very close to and connected to. So my full name, I'll give you the, the full, the rundown. So my full legal is Leroy Hottie Prame Williams. I Leroy. <laughs> uh, I know Leroy, that's really taking it back. So in case folks are like, that's his name don't sound black. We're like, no, there's there's the black right there. It's okay. Leroy. And I'm the, the third Leroy, actually. My father mm -hmm. is Leroy, as is my grandfather. Because there's rarely any young Leroy's these days, as okay. we are so well aware. But my two middle names, Hottie Prame, um, have a really strong spiritual origin to them, actually, because I was uh, born and then raised on an ashram, um, basically a spiritual community about 30 minutes outside of Los Angeles uh, that my parents moved to. And it was founded by John Coltrane's widow, um, Alice Coltrane, who later became a spiritual teacher and practitioner in her own right. Wow. And so all of the children uh, who were born there and also the adults as they were initiated in the spiritual practice, were given names to reflect that. And so uh, my name, well, say my first middle name, Hadi, is one of the uh, divine incarnations of Vishnu, uh, one of the deities in Hinduism. And then Prem um, is Sanskrit for love. So the inspiration behind the name was divine love. But, you know, everyone who were, excuse me, everyone who was, uh, who was, who was, born there and, and associated there as a, as a student um, was given a, a spiritual name. So that's the, the, the extended rundown of where uh, my name came from. And then as just growing up, um, I just was always accustomed to being called Hadi Prane. And so I never really got like a, a that comfort level of, of with my first name. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Hadi is just always what I've, uh, what I've Now, known. do you see yourself changing that name? Uh, uh, even more like as far as your career it's so it's funny that you actually say that because it's something that's been on my heart i think the last probably the last year or so year and a half or so like keep whether keep i would the first name keep that name yeah no yeah no, keep the the of, name. of just uh yeah of, of uh just doing like hottie frame and, and kind of losing the williams because i yeah. love my my father's family and the legacy of that but you know, also the legacy of that. That's not, you know, that's our name. That's, that's, you know, I think it's a Scottish, I believe is the origin of William. So it's, we know that it's certainly a, a you know, a colonizer's name. And so mm -hmm. I, I certainly have actually given it some, some real thought. Well, but so it's still in the works. Yeah, man, I think that's something that's, I'm still kind of growing to and, and, and moving to. Now let's break down. So where are you originally from? Where are you born? Yeah, so I was born in uh, Panorama City. Which is uh, here in uh, just outside of Los Angeles. In Panorama City. At the Kaiser Hospital, Panorama City. No longer exists there, uh, but that's where I officially entered the world. And then uh, my first home was on uh, this ashram, which was in Agora Hills. Um, and I lived there until I was about 12 years old. Then really? Moved, yeah, they moved to Calabasas. Um, wow. And so. I then, you know, was, went to high school in Calabasas, uh, oh, wow. which was a whole okay. kind of jump from going from, you know, a very um, kind of simplistic kind of spiritual environment to, you know, Calabasas, which is, you know, uh, of the heights of, you know, folks who are very well off and very, very uh, financially able. So it, but, but kind of, but kind of, you know, growing up in that space of where you were in 
in, in your earlier years, once you got to that, I, I believe that from a spiritual standpoint, that could have brought some foundation to you to where oh, yeah. going in to that, you know, kind of open, open eared, you already was kind of blocked off to certain things going into that space to where you was able, spiritually able to know, decipher between mm. eh, that energy of that person is not really, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the things I was blessed with for sure was that foundation um, of discernment that I, I still carry with me, but definitely I felt it when that transition happened of, you know, used to being around uh, a certain environment and where you're like in one where people hold things and value things very differently, you know? Um, so, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, it, it definitely was, um, it was and continues, I think, to, to be a blessing because it was, you know, very much rooted in the ideas of, uh, love and shared love amongst all people, regardless of what your background was, regardless of what your, your faith may have been. Uh, one of, of service, of, of thinking um, of yourself always in the position of, well, how can I, you know, uh, assist in someone else's, um, you know, progression or, or, um, or, or need. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it even still, I think, is connected to, you know, what I, what I find the value and purpose in, in what I do now, for sure. So growing up at an early age, and you said you were in this community, this spiritual community, mm -hmm. were you able to watch TV and yeah. things of that nature? So you were still able to watch TV connect with the outside world? Yes and no, actually. So I'll say yes and no, because at that time we didn't actually have like television. Mm -hmm. So there were definitely things from the 80s and 90s that I kind of had to catch up on and catch yeah. late. Um, because we didn't have it, but we definitely had, you know, still movies and um, there are <laughs> some, probably some obscure kind of titles that like I watched over and over and over again as a kid. But definitely as I, as I grew, helped shape the idea of like what it, what that looked like and what that meant um, and wanting to be a part of it. Um, so I traced some of that back to definitely some of those like early like random VHS titles that uh, I was watching back then. Now, what was one of the first movies or shows that you watched that kind of sparked that interest in you at an early age of wanting to act? I'll say one that one that, that instantly comes to mind that was like when I'd already had an idea that I liked acting, because I, I was kind of pushed into it unknowingly because actually on the ashram there are a lot of creative projects as well that, that adults you know provided for the students and so my first experience acting was with um one of the the elders who would write scripts um she would write stories for us to provide to, to perform and we actually organized like a, a youth um like theater company uh, and so i was like six seven years old taking part in these um kind of spiritual adaptations of like classic uh pieces um, and that was like my first introduction to the theater before I even kind of knew. Or well, even knew what theater was. Right, exactly, exactly. And so it was like, as I got older, I recognized like, in my early teens, I was like, I wanted to take acting classes. Like, I like this. I want to see if this is what know, was, something what, that I can so do. What, so it wasn't necessarily an actual movie or a show. It was what you were actually doing. It was what I was doing. And then like, I remember 
watching, of course, a bunch of, of, of things I think that were inspirational, but like one that in my teen years that was so impactful was Hollywood Shuffle. And that was one that my mom actually uh, put in front of me uh, to watch once she saw that I really had an interest in this. Um, I think to really, she was trying to, I think, provide a certain level of understanding for what it means to be black in Hollywood and what that, uh, what that, what your representation um, can mean, not only for yourself, but for other folks who, who look like you. Um, and so that was definitely one I was like, oh, okay. and, and And that's what also brought the humor effect. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, with the whole way, and then finding out that these are, you know, black directors, you know, Robert Townsend, Keenan Ivory Waynes, Mm -hmm. And then to see the humor of like what they did with the uh, what was that uh, the, the guy well, uh, when Keenan Ivory Wayans had the curl. I'm get you sucker! Oh my oh, god! The curl, got the curl and look, that's a classic to me. Like that's that's that's, that's I feel actually honored to have had the opportunity to like that was I'm gonna get you sucker. That was I'm gonna get and you tell him yeah I'm gonna get you sucker yeah exactly. No, oh, that's those came those, out at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were very they were very close to to each other and like you know their work um really had a a profound impact i think on just my 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 taste and my style what like certainly what comedy can do because they always had really funny stuff but then it was also incredibly subversive as well so were you up on it when they came out with when keenan ivory williams came with in living color where you picked up on on yeah, them from that definitely. point now you started kind of following keenan ivory williams the way he was moving and yeah. what he was putting out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Living Color was one where by that time, I was like, I think probably, that was the night, I was probably, I think like 13 or so. I, we had TV by that time, so I remember watching episodes of In Living Color yeah. and just being like, <laughs> this is this is amazing. This is and not I, and not only that, just the fact that it was sketch comedy, so it was yeah. still, it was still had that theater realm to it where you yeah. act right now, there is no cut. You right. have to go and it's in front of a live audience, which so in a sense that. brings back that essence of the way things were filmed before that with like the Jeffersons and Good Times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Coming from a black uh, culture um, background when, and seeing us on the screen and seeing these guys doing the same thing that we were seeing you know what I mean? In in that from, from that previously. Mm -hmm. So from your mind as a little kid, as a as a young teenager coming into that, you're grasping all of that. Was yeah. so so when you left um the spiritual community taking in all of this in, mm -hmm. now you're going to Calabasas. You were about how old when this occurred? Uh so we uh twelve, uh, when we moved to Calabasas. Uh, so that like did middle school, middle school was, uh, I'll tell you, middle school was, an, I, I feel like for everybody, middle school was an awkward transition, um, but it definitely was like, uh, it wasn't, I was always in, an, in a schooling environment even before where it was predominantly white, right? So that aspect of it wasn't, in, wasn't new. Um, and I, I had kind of become, I think, whether I realized it or not at the time, certainly accustomed to being one of the only black kids who either was in the, the classroom environment or certainly as you know, we got into like more advanced courses and things like that, certainly in that environment, 
Um, so in that way, it wasn't it wasn't that different. I think that you know, matriculating through for sure, it was being reminded of that in in different ways that uh, to some folks I was looked at differently, and I certainly was treated differently and made to feel differently. Um, it wasn't always um, it wasn't always an overt thing. It wasn't always um, something that was uh, uh, kind of thrown at you, but certainly yeah it was, it was black really, lives matter before black lives matter was occurring man. yeah <laughs> brother like it, you know my thing is with my thing is it's like growing up young black you know what i'm saying in environments where you know what i'm saying we kind of have to adapt we have no choice but to adapt mm-hmm. if certain things become the norm mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like you going into that, because I went to majority all-white Christian school growing up in grade school, mm. and then transferred and then left that in junior high, made that transition to a school that was mixed equally black and white, right? Mm. So it's kind of like one of those things where you have to adjust, and you at, and then that point in your life, you're adjusting, and you're growing, and you're changing, and your mind is like, you're thinking about all kinds of things. So that is a, it is a rough point, especially being young, being black, and making those transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, as you were going along in in school in Calabasas, did you embark on um, theater class or mm-hmm. anything? That, so yeah, absolutely. Do- I mean, that's where um, I really got into to, to really doing theater seriously um, was was Calabasas. You know, I think. I decided early <laughs> that that I didn't have a, a burgeoning football career, so I hung up my cleats, okay. uh, and you know I, I decided to really go in and um, and and go in, in the theater space. And so like, I auditioned for a musical my freshman year, uh, where I discovered that perhaps I was not blessed in that aspect of the Dang process. Either. So you know I took that L, I took that hard that hard lesson, but I came back and you know auditioned for um, I think the first piece that I did there was like a murder mystery night uh, performance. Um, and I like fell in love with it. I, I really did. And from there, I went on to do a couple more productions um, with the Calabasas Theater uh, there. Um, and, you know, by that time, I'd been taking classes and kind of by accident had ended up um, after a class going to an audition for an agent. And, and kind of fell into having an agent. Um, really, in high school? Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah, um, and so like, it, it really kind of from literally just my interest had grown into like something that was happening in a relatively short span. And I know my parents, shout out to, to them because much love them because they were so supportive. Mm-hmm. It was something that they always were like, well, if you like doing it, we want to help you do it. Um, and so they had to certainly adjust to like, you know, be hitting the freeway from Calabasas to Hollywood, trying to, you know, make my auditions and, and you were going on auditions in high school. Mm-hmm. So did you land anything in high school? So <laughs> that's, that's an interesting part of the story. Yes, is my first is my short answer. But um, it was difficult for me. And I think that was my first confrontation with the industry mm-hmm. in the sense that I knew that I enjoyed theater. I knew that I, I had a talent for it and that it was fun. And then I, it felt like in my mind, I was like, oh, 
naturally that will be seen and I'll be on this show and doing this and booking stuff left and right. And it, it, it didn't happen that way. Mm. Um, there were, you know, a variety of like commercial auditions and TV auditions and close calls for this and that. Um, and I did like a, a PSA and like a commercial, um, but like nothing that really, I think validated what my expectation was. What was your expectation at that point? I thought I would, I would, you know, I'd be booking. Like I was, I remember, I remember there were a couple of things that stand out. Like I, there were a couple ones. Like I remember the the, the show, The Practice. Uh, this is like back in the day with um, Dylan McDermott. It was a very popular legal show, and like I got down to like several rounds of auditions, um, and ended up, you know, they ended up going with someone else for like. What was your role going to be? I was about to, I was about to go into it actually. That's the funny part. It was the a young, role of like the, the young thug. Game. It really was like the black kid who stole the bike. Like it was the young hoodlum black who like he needed a, a leg up, and like the the lawyers uh, came together and helped him. And my mom like she it was in support of it. But she so rolled her eyes and like, I'm actually glad you didn't get this shit. I'm like, mom, I want to work. And she was like, no, I don't want you doing this kind of stuff. But it was, you know, for me at the time, it felt it was important. You know, I was like, oh, man, I want to want to be in this. And, 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 and then it would have been cool still at that age to see yourself on TV on this show, regardless sure. of what it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I over I really got discouraged over time because it was you know, the rejection of what this this, this was all is. during high school. Now, yeah. so so did the other kids know that you, you know, you were an actor and that you were going out for auditions? And did you see other kids doing the same thing and may they may be landing certain things and you weren't? No, there wasn't. There wasn't. There were because actually the PSA that I did, I, there were a couple of kids who saw it. I actually I, I don't remember actually ever seeing it on TV. Mm. But there were a couple of kids who did uh, say that they had seen it, but it wasn't really that. It wasn't really like a, a showbiz environment there, you know. Um, and there weren't like I, I remember I did go to at my old elementary school. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the kid from Home Improvement. Mm. Um, he was a, a student there at one point. But as far as like when I was in high school, it really wasn't. Um, Mm, it really wasn't okay, a, so, a, a, so, an aspect so, of it so, like that. So boom. So but, what year was it when you graduated from high school? I, I graduated from high school in 2002. Okay, 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 okay. See, okay, okay. So I'm just kind of picturing that period. So this was around the time, um, you know, B2K was about to pop off. Uh, <laughs> so funny enough that you say B2K, uh, one of the auditions that I very clearly remember was for a Pops commercial, like the the, um, the cereal. And I had gone in and got a call back and was feeling good about it. Turned on the TV. Who did I see? Omarion. Okay, Omarion was the one who actually booked that commercial. What's so crazy, man, is that when I saw when B2K first came out and I saw them, I said, hey, man, that's the old boy from the Pops commercial. Because <laughs> I remember those commercials. The pops are like, gotta have my pops. Gotta have my pops, yeah. That's I'm like, yep. that's old boy from the pops. <laughs> like, wow. Okay, so that's you saw, so hilarious. you were trying to book those kind of commercials back then. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. now yeah. here we are, 2002, going into 2003. Um, did you go to college? Yeah. So, now, 
What was the trend? Yeah, now what, what college did you go to? I went to the Howard University. You went to HBCU. I did. Yeah. I went to an HBCU. I was very fortunate in how how circumstances uh, came together. I think. The now, 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 now I want to because I went to HBCU also. Yes, so, sir. So you be so you're an alpha. No, I'm you're not, not an alpha. I thought you was. I thought I thought you. Was, I don't know why I thought you. No, were. I did. I pledged Alpha Phi Omega National Service Fraternity. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. But I, I didn't pledge Divine Nine at Howard. Uh, okay. Okay. So. Transitioning from Calabasas, yes, sir, to DC. What was that like for you in 2002? DC in 2002 was a very different DC 2020 hmm. um, or 2021, I should say. Now that we're in, it was uh, very much a culture shock for sure. Hmm. Um, and I've been out there before, but only when I was younger. Um, so, like, live like being there and living there um, day to day was. Wow. It was it was yeah, it was just entirely different. You but know? Did, but but did you love it? You did. Oh yeah, no, I knew that. So I knew that I loved it after I had had the opportunity to visit um, for a weekend my senior year of high school mm. um, because you know I hadn't seen it. Um, I had I had um, good grades and had a good relationship with the admissions department. They had arranged for me to be able to visit the campus and stay with one of the students, and so I had spent the Valentine's weekend of what was that 2002 um on howard's campus and so i had done gotten to be in the freshman dorms got to sit in on some classes i got taken to uh actually one of the, one of your folks uh capital party um okay. you know they had got me out and it was almost like you could write a movie to the weekend in a way like wow. it, it turned me out in the best ways um yeah. we'll just say that, like i left with this sense of oh this, there's no question that this this is where i need to be yeah. Um, un undeniably so. So you could, even though it was a culture shock, you couldn't tell me I I, I shouldn't, I didn't belong there. I shouldn't. Nothing in your spirit. Nothing in your oh, yeah. Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, going, now, now going and transitioning to, to Howard, did you guilt, did you go down a scholarship? I was fortunate enough to, to get a scholarship. So in what, in what? So I got an academic scholarship um, okay. that was tied to my PSAT score. So <laughs> kids, if you're watching, PSATs count still, I think. Uh, but at this time, definitely, I because I had scored at a certain level, it they kept track of the black student scores specifically. And so there were schools- Ooh, Howard that, did? Well, Howard did. There were other schools that did as well. Um, because they, what- They kept track they, of the black students? <laughs> Of the of, of black, of, if you were black and you tested above a certain level, wow. you were eligible for a national scholarship. It was called the National Achievement Scholarship. Mm. Um, and so, if you to apply for the scholarship, you had your test scores, then you had to like write an essay and, and answer some questions. And I wasn't even awarded that scholarship, but because I was a semifinalist in that scholarship, Howard offered those students scholarships if they would come to the school. Wow. So, like I said, it was like the universe conspiring on, on my behalf, truly. Mm. It was a, a blessing because I I probably would have stayed in California, honestly. Right, um, went to UCLA or something like that. No, yeah, I'd, I'd gotten into to SC and Loyola Marymount into Occidental here. And so those were like the ones I was kind of deciding which one which was going to be it but once howard kind of made his presence felt like it was it was a wrap like it was a it was a no-brainer honestly 
So going out there to Howard, you were there for the four years. So, so you weren't like a super duper senior. You you came in, you, you got <laughs> I came in and, and had to get it. Now I probably could have at the time I would have enjoyed another year or two, but no, I, I came in and um got it in the in the four so years. So out there where you focused on auditioning, it wasn't really on that, it was really taking in the college experience. So by this time, I mean, I had gone through my kind of phase of falling out of I think, love with the industry and out of love with acting and had realized like if I'm going to go to school for four years, getting serious with what I would really focus on and acting, you know, really was something that I still had a love for. And, and so um, I decided to go and be a theater major. And certainly because I've become aware of, of Howard's history when it comes to theater and the arts and performance and you know, just some of the incredible folks who have passed through the program, uh, I, I knew that that's where I was, what I was going to be doing. So um, I, in, in that, like I, I enrolled. What'd you, get your, uh, what'd you get your degree in? It was a theater arts. So I got a bachelor in fine arts and theater, theater arts with a, a specification in acting and then a minor in, in film production. Uh, so so I mean that's what I'm saying, man. It's always good to, to hear hear educated brothers speak, man. Um, mm. and here we are, two educated brothers on this Zoom. You know what I'm saying, having conversation. Um, I like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a light real quick because I feel like uh, the sun is going down and I'm I'm <laughs> feel like I'm getting shadowy right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to thank everybody for for tuning in to the episode. You know what I'm saying? How he's getting his uh is lighting together. Um, I wanna let you all know, you all can go to uh, the Instagram, loungin, L-O-U-N-G-I-N underscore W-I-T underscore S-K-I-P. And, uh, you know, check out the other episodes. Um, the podcast is on all platforms, uh, podcast platforms. So you can all, you can hear That's all a little bit, okay. Episodes. A little bit more than ambiance. Yeah. Plug. Well said, brother. Yeah. Um, so I want to say, um, so how was it from when you left coming back to L.A.? Was, was it a, a, an upsetting moment or was it like a taking, taking in everything that you gained in your college experience and now coming back with a different attitude? How was that transition for you back this way, back west? Well... I think Howard, one thing I, I will always love about it is they do a great job of giving you a sense of what uh, the world and the industry is going to be like in the sense that it's either you perform or you, or you don't. Um, and a lot of well, times- But whatever you do, do your best at it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a legacy of excellence um, and one that demands a certain amount of, uh, of discipline, you know? And, you know, for myself, I came out of Howard like really with a confidence of that feeling like I could really be a professional artist and, and make a career of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of professors there who really poured into me and I'm certainly grateful for as a result of that um, because part of the, the difficulty in, I think, beginning and maintaining a career um, as an artist is just the belief that you can. Right. Um, and, and the confidence to carry you through the kind of the inevitable uh, valleys that will that will occur. Um, and so when I came back here to, <clears throat> to L.A., I was like, 
ready to jump in wherever honestly i i jumped i first started working in production um when i came back so, so i was so, so now we're looking into the years of 2006 2007. yeah so we, yeah this is yeah. like now to give some reference if we can go back this was like I, you know what and i like to do that because mm -hmm. i like to base things off of time right yeah i like to base things off so that way when the listeners and the viewers when they watch these episodes and they hear me speak and speak with the the person who I'm talking to, and when I mention years, they can also think for themselves. Well, where was I during that period? Mm -hmm. So for them to say, "Where was I?" and then like, "Oh, so he was doing that when I was on," the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So coming into 2006, fall 2006, you were back here now, um, and mm -hmm. 07. Now you're going into production. What kind of production were you going into? So I was going into whatever production would throw me a check. Uh, who was interested in having me on set because I realized I did. I think one good thing that I realized is that Howard was a great education in the theater, but there wasn't as much of an emphasis on TV and film. And I was coming back to the world of TV and film, looking to get into it. And so it was, it was the best place to learn would be hands on. So I was like wherever I could get a shot. And so so doing what? Doing what? Doing what? So my first my anything so pa like, first no production like i i was not a i knew how to edit but i i wasn't a like proficient enough editor to get an editing job um but i started off pa um okay know, an assistant uh one that, of my that, for those that don't know what, what a PA oh yeah for, one of, for those who may not be aware of what a production assistant is they are one of the most essential but least respected uh jobs on the set uh, of any production that you find they are, you know, the person who is called to move this, set that up, get lunch, make sure such, such and such has what they need. Um, you're you're constantly in motion and trying to anticipate the needs of those who are getting paid more than you do and have hold think, a higher responsibility. I think as a PA, it takes a certain brain mm -hmm. to handle that type of job, to handle that type of position, because at the same time you're multitasking. Yes. Depending on who you're depending on who you're working for, you can, like you say, be looked upon less than, but you still gotta be, have a smile on your face and still continuously multitask and still, but knowing in the back of your mind, you don't wanna continue doing this forever that where you right. wanna go. So it's a constant mind, uh, mind task as well as a multi-physical task, physical multitask and dealing with the present people in front of you and how they treat you while you keep this smile on your face doing the job. So to, for you to basically take that type of position going in, coming fresh back from Howard in this world and doing that, uh, you know, hats off and salute to you for, you know, embarking on pretty much going for that, for that, for that role. Man, I, I keep it 100 with you. I was excited. Like, you have to be. I, I, you you know, to be. I, yeah, you have to be. Like, I speak of it now, like, it's certainly you are the you know, the, the least kind of quote unquote respected title, but like, I was excited to be on a set and to, to be like on a real set with like, oh man, there's cameras and actors and this is happening. Like I was just, just to be there. Um, I mean, I remember one of the first gigs I got, um, I'll share like two different things. One of the first gigs I got was uh, a friend of mine had got me a, a PA gig on a music video uh, for Snoop Dogg. Um, this was a collaboration. I remember the Snoop Dogg and Be Real. They did a song called, um, it was called Vato. Hey, Vato. Okay, it yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. a big hit. 
It was a big Pharrell hit. record. The Pharrell record. I think, I think so. It, it might have been. It might have been Pharrell. But this was like 2000, I think seven, eight, something like that. Yeah. Um, and man, I don't think I ever worked so hard. Uh, from like just running between the various things that were necessary to being tasked with, then you know, Bring you know, a lot of times yeah, you're doing sure background wrangling. Make sure the weed is over there. Make sure Bruh, the weed is over here. I tell you. You know Snoop, and both Snoop and Be Real, they don't travel alone. They don't come alone. <laughs> they got a whole crew of people. They're very distinct crews of people. Not to mention the extras who they got to look like they were part of their crews of people. <laughs> so it was like, they wow. was a, a it was a, a Long Beach, Southgate, Connect, Cookout, slash barbecue, slash, I don't know what all, and I'm in the midst of this trying to be a 20 something year old PA. They don't want you to drink in this shot or hey they need you over here can you come back it's it was uh one of those you know trial by fire just go and as far as we're gonna task you with these things whether you feel you're was it a one day shoot two day shoot uh it was it was more than one day i only was brought on for one day it was a 15 hour day i remember this specifically because i was there from the dark in the morning the dark in the evening and at the end of the day, they handed me a hundred dollar bill, and I said, "Thank you." And, <laughs> uh, and you know, it was a and lot. You went home, and, and when you went home, how'd you feel? I was tired, <laughs> tired, but also like, man, Damn, I just did a certain that. degree. I just did, um, you know. No, accomplished in the sense of like, I I hung in and I did it, and it was like doing jobs like that and having that. Like you said, the mentality of that you were kind of you were speaking to allowed me to make relationships with production coordinators. And uh, for those who don't know, production coordinators are also often the folks who do the cast, not casting, the hiring for PAs and, and, and other positions. So those, they're the people to know when it comes to crewing up. And so like I got into doing production work and moved up doing production work over the years um, with kind of that kind of that that attitude in that beginning. Did you um, do it a allowed, did, did you have a PA position on other things? After? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I did PA stuff on commercials, um, on TV stuff. Uh, I eventually moved into doing art department. Um, so I was. Uh, what were you doing there? Uh, there was a show called um, "Thank God You're Here" on NBC. I think it was um, that uh, was like an improv style show. They would have celebrity guests walk into crazy situations and their opening line was always, oh, thank God you're here. In every situation, they would kind of go with an improv scene from there. Okay. Um, but I did the art department um, on that. And when you say the it, art department, what were you like? The art department was responsible for, in that situation, we would have different um, sets that these situations would be in. So um, securing and locating the, the props uh, for those sets. Um, being involved in the dressing of those as far as uh, what furniture and stuff was going in, sometimes involved in the construction of uh, what was actually, what it was actually going to look like. Um, and yeah, that was, it was. So, so during, so during this period, being a PA, being working in the art department, um, working other positions mm -hmm. on the set, your mom was like, man, if I can just get in front of that camera. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where you necessarily, you, it's not always about landing straight in front of the camera. Sometimes you have to go through the journey of it all to get 
to the camera or to be authentic, authentic, a genuine situation that occurs, which places you in the camera, place you, places you in position versus just going out for audition. Now you're in front of the camera because now by you working as an, an adult in the field of TV and film, now you're becoming more, um, more solid, more stable, more, and also with the mentality of coming back from Howard, more confident in your movements on what it is you're doing to where now the network and the relationships that you're building, working these positions, you know what I'm saying? It places you in a position where once that camera is in front of you, you know how to maneuver now with that, you know what I mean? Because of the confidence that's been built and the work that you've been on all these years, even based on, you know, it's like everything comes to fruition from even when you was like in grade school, you know what I mean? Everything just comes full force. And now you're looking at everything like in a full circle position, like, wow, that's why this happened and that happened and I had to go do that. Okay, that's why I had to go back and do that. You know what I mean? Looking at everything in hindsight. So moving forward, like, you know, 2000, so when was it where the transition occurred where now you got your next shot to be, you know what I'm saying, to actually be on, you know, on a screen or, or near it or, you know, so where you can be seen the background or whatever. It was, it was a bit of it was, it was kind of happening simultaneously a bit um, because I had a couple of like smaller roles um, in, in either like Friends Productions, um, uh, shout out to like my brother, uh, Corey Grant, also a Howard film brother. He did a film in 2000 six like straight out of my time at Howard and being back in LA he I had a, a supporting role in that so it was like things that were happening um I wasn't but I wasn't I wasn't at it full time I wasn't um putting all of my my energy into it and it wasn't until I'll, I'll flash forward a little bit um because I got uh, sidetracked a bit with the with a corporate gig for a couple years that mm -hmm really had me like living living more comfortably than I had before, but also just really starving what my creative needs were. And, you know, I think I was put in, in a position where, you know, in 2012, I was uh, let go from that position in a way that was like a, a blessing in disguise and in, in the most profound way. Um, and it really was at that point in 2012 um, where I looked up and was like, okay, spent some time, a whole bunch of time, excuse me, a whole bunch of time um, invested in something that I don't really care about. I have a little bit of money saved. Let me go at this 100%. And that was also, um, well, yeah, so let me go at this 100%. And that really is what was the beginnings of my, like, being a like, full-time, entirely focused on building my career as an actor, as a, as a creative, as a, as a writer. Um, and so you've, been, so, so you've been building your so you've been solely working off as an actor now for the past nine um, years. No, not at all. I would love to say that. Okay, okay. man, I would that would be beautiful. Okay, you know, there's been there's been definitely times where I've been able to enjoy that, and like I've had you know, yeah, good situations where I didn't have to be concerned with you know finding other other work to supplement my income, but. You know, it's it's the nature of what the the game is. Sometimes it's like if you are really you know dedicated and committed to the craft, it's like you're doing it whether it's feeding you um, literally, um, 
in terms of paying your bills or whether you know you're just in in you know in the practice of and in preparation for the next opportunity i think so, i think you know when when it kind of goes into so was there any from the time of 2012 to 2017 when i met you mm. what was occurring in between that time for those five those uh uh yeah five years those five years it was it was uh it was a lot man it was a lot of like a lot of growth a lot of lessons a lot of life lessons for sure i mean uh career-wise i was just auditioning like crazy um i i booked a role on um my crazy roommate uh in 2013 which was a show produced by bentley kyle evans bounce's first scripted show um and it was my first time as like a, as a series regular on a show which was like an incredible let, let, let folks know that's so they can go back and okay like, oh yeah yeah it's still on uh Man, you can still look for it. It's on Bounce's, Bounce's website, bouncetv.com. Yeah, Bounce TV, the app. They got, they got an app. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They got, a, they got an app for that. It was, um, man, that show was a lot of fun. That was one of the most fun things certainly I'd done up to that point. And, you know, it was a great point for my career, honestly. Um, because How did that feel? Um, so you said you were a series regular on there. And how many yeah. episodes did that did that show do? So we uh, we did ten episodes. We did the first season. Um, you know, unfortunately, the stars didn't align for us to do the second. Like there was a lot of anticipation for us to do it since it was Bounce's first show. But you know, sometimes you know life takes a, a different turn. And so and who, who all was in that show? Oh, some face some folks you'll know, like um, uh, my brother Greg Wayans, um, who is uh, doing his thing. He's got a, a a project that I won't speak too much on, but he's got something with ABC that I think is, is, is should be coming um, shortly. Layla Odom, uh, who's the star of the new Salt and Pepper movie okay. on uh, that just came out on Lifetime. Uh, we go back to that. Um, I think who's still um, Andrew Ditz was another great actor who's um, he uh, moved to to New York. Um, but I'm thinking of like the the cast that we brought together um, on that. It was just at the time it was just it was a lot of fun we really enjoyed each other we had a great time shooting it um also uh britney richards and daniel Koons, um, um and of course uh, uh uh destiny as well so we had like a great time on the show but you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Did things like that happen you know things like that happen yeah and then and, and as if you're gonna be in it for for the the long haul i realized you just have to be able to take like I said, those those values. It's a marathon. It's, it's a marathon, not not a sprint. Yeah, as as uh, exactly, exactly. That. So going into that was 2013. Going so that's 2013, and so from there it was like, again, just like I mean, I'm auditioning for. I mean, I, st I did everything from student films to commercials to uh, you know all kinds of web series. Um, you know, I was by this time. Um, 2014, 2015, getting into there was when um, I think Instagram and their 15 seconds and 30 second video was first kind of coming off and like Vine was still kind of going around that time. Yeah. Um, so I was doing like a lot of, of sketch content. Okay. Um, writing and collaborating with folks on stuff mm -hmm. that, on that as well. So like I was, even as I was auditioning for, for other things and acting in other things and doing, um, you know, independent projects. Cause there was between that time, like, I don't know what the count is, but it was a lot of just yeah. independent stuff, features, shorts, yeah. um, 
now, 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 now into, like just now. like working and you know working in, and building up um not only just a a, a confidence but just a you know i think a, a network that, a network too yeah and a network too for sure that's the main key so fast forward to uh december 2017 now mm-hmm. you were um, now you know what's so interesting is that I don't think I really knew what a stand-in was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until I met you. Yeah, and I was like, hold on, man. I was like, man, you standing in for? I think you were standing in <laughs> for one of the actors. And yeah, and yeah, like yeah, where? Yeah. And, I, and I was like, damn. I was like, and you getting paid for that? Like that's what I was like. Damn, <laughs> like it's really like all types of <laughs> ways of all kinds of jobs in this. Yeah, there's all types of money in this in this business. If you want really want to go full force, because I want to let everybody know for those that know. Like when I say he was standing, like he's literally like standing in. They're they're going through the motions of where the actors stand to where when they actually bring in the actual actors, the lighting, everything is all there like there isn't no when the main actors are there and now they're trying to figure out lighting and all like yeah. you know what i'm saying like the actor the, the, the main actors they in the trailer somewhere you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. S- sipping tea you know what i'm saying and coffee, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully getting ready to come in and, and yeah, not just now but, but so it's yeah. like the thing about this business is everyone that um everyone has a job and everything runs especially on i noticed a lot more so on them union gigs. Oh yeah. Now, now I want to go into before all this. Um, you, you, you. When did you become SAG? A SAG member? Ah, so actually, I became SAG. Um, I think it was 2012. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. So I, I got in. Um, there was a time before SAG and AFTRA, uh, for those who don't know, the American Federation of Television and Radio Association, yeah, AFTRA, it was a separate union than SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Um, and you could have separate memberships in both of them, but they decided they'd be more powerful if they actually merged, which is what they eventually did. Um, and at the time, and most certainly still, SAG has a work requirement. So you have to actually work a certain number of union gigs to then be SAG eligible. But after, at the time, you actually could just, if you paid the the money to be a part of it, you'd be in. Um, And so there was basically, like just before the merger happened, realizing this, I paid to join AFTRA. And when they merged, I was automatically kind of brought in as a member of SAG-AFTRA. So unlike many folks who actually like booked their job, like, oh, this is the job that I booked my, got me my SAG card. It was like, no, I, I kind of came in as a result of that merger. Mm, interesting, in 2012. So did you notice any difference of things that happened, occurred once you, once the merger happened? I mean, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it was a required choice because I knew the kind of stuff that I wanted to, to do. I knew the type of work, especially in, in television um, and, and film too, but, you know, if you're doing independent film, it's not always union, but certainly with television, you know, they're looking at union actors. That's, you know, just like if you're, you know, an electrician, you're considered a certain level of professional if you're in the electrician's union. And so it's a sign, I think, of how how seriously you take your your craft and your in your career. And I know that certainly there are financial aspects of it uh, as well at times, but 
for me, it was important because I knew that's where I was, I was going, you know, or I wanted to go and I wanted to, you know, be, have the opportunity to, you know, go in and read for some of these network and cable TV shows. And, you know, you need to be a union actor. That's part of, you know, the that's old, how you were able to get requirement yeah. that I met you on because you were, you, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for yeah. those, for, so for people that you know want to get into this business, to just understand, you have to be in order to get certain gigs, you need to be union, a union member, SAG member versus being non-SAG. And it's a catch twenty-two. It's difficult because they say, oh, you need, you know, to get this, to get in, you need this work, but to get this work, you you need to get in. And so it's a difficult dance starting out, and everyone kind of finds their own, you know way around it but it's certainly a hurdle that we've all had to face in the process because you know when you're trying to get the 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 good tv gig and they're like oh yeah you might be talented or you're trying to even get the good representation and they're like you might be talented but you're not sag so i know that there's a limited scope of things that i can even offer you up to be hired for um and so it just means that you know you have to to problem solve that it's it's, so you know by as a creative Mm-hmm. Stay creative. And so during this time, you've been writing. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the set of Two Minutes of Fame, you were like, yeah, man, I, I wrote, you were telling me about something that, a script that you wrote and you wanted mm-hmm. to sit down with the director and <laughs> let him see yeah, yeah. it, you know what I'm saying, to see if he, you know what I mean? So yeah. how'd you get into, uh, you know, what what was what, what was it about you that wanted to take your 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 thinking and put it to a piece of paper? and start writing uh, your own scripts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when I think back on it, I've been writing since I was a kid um, and I had, had enjoyed it. Even from like homework assignments where they were like, where we would read a story in class and they said, well, write a different ending to this story as part of the homework. Um, and that was just something that I I later on connected. I'm like, oh yeah, that's my, my storyteller in me, you know, even going back to that time. But it wasn't until, you know, college at Howard where it really became kind of a formalized screenwriting um and it wasn't in you know and that was it's been a a, you know a years in the making process because writing is a different discipline in the same way that you know in 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 the same way that acting is it requires time to to really grow in it um and so i've been writing short films and even feature films um by the time you know we we had met on on set and so by that time I was actually, I was working on a project that I've since kind of completed and I'm kind of carrying forward now that uh, I don't even, I think I had the script done. I did, no, I had the script done at that point, but it was a different version of it. Um, And I'll tell you, it's, uh, well, the script is, it's called Unconquered and it's a story of um, the black Seminoles in Florida. Um, And for those who may not be aware, I'll do a a bit of a history thing and I'll bring it around. Um, So, Prior to the Civil War, um, Native American Seminoles um, in Florida, um, they allowed uh, runaway slaves from Georgia and other states who fled south to settle amongst them um, and to not only uh, to own own their own land and and weapons and essentially uh, be free, but under their protection. And over time, they really um, formed a a collaborative uh, sense of community amongst them where oftentimes these Negro Seminoles or, or Maroons or Black Seminoles, as they were called, uh, would act as interpreters on behalf of the tribe in their dealings with white settlers and the U.S. government. Um, but 
long story short, when President Andrew Jackson passed the, the Indian Removal Act um, and forced the uh, forced these tribes off of their land and wanted to re-enslave uh, these same Black Seminoles, they allied, joined forces, um, and uh, launched uh, guerrilla offensives against uh, Southern plantation owners and um, the U.S. government, um, resulting in the largest slave rebellion in U.S. history during the Second Seminole War. And so that's a whole, a whole lot of like, yeah, that's a whole, man, it's a whole thing. But I learned about this. Um, and when I did, it hit me almost like a bolt of lightning. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Um, I've never heard anything about this story at all. Um, and it motivated me to dive into uh, just researching it and learning about it and learning. And the more that I did, I immediately, had, I kind of knew that there was a story here to be told. And I kind of looked around for like, well, who's, who's, who's going to, oh. All right, this. Oh, I'm, I guess, okay. I guess, guess, guess I'm doing it. Because um, there really wasn't anything that, that was out there. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think as a creative, um, it's healthy to challenge yourself. Um, and this certainly was, was a challenge because I up to that time I was writing a lot of comedy, um, a lot of satirical comedy that had like it was like your breakout. This right here would be your breakout <laughs> directorial debut breakout movie right here, uh, man. Uh, man. Well, that's that's what we're you know we're, we're working towards. You know, you know um, what I'm saying that's like that's like a, a modern day. Uh, I don't know. I ain't gonna say like roots, but no, it's definitely it's definitely like, like modern day roots. Birth of a nation. Um, in the in the spirit of it, um, you know, it's it's slash Wakanda. Yeah. You know. yeah, it definitely has that 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 element and that spirit of it as well. And that's kind of why I feel like in this time that we're It'll in, work. yeah, it would think I think it would be so well received. And even as we see films like Judas and the Black Messiah, um, now stories of our struggle and our our resistance to oppression and our ability to still withstand that. Um, man, we're finding, you know, such wider and more receptive audiences now. So it, it honestly excites me for what's possible. And you know, it's so dope. What makes it even dope, doper, mm. even more dope is the fact that there's so many outlets now. Yeah. There's so much content. Listen, man, I got, um, I get a list of like all the like productions that's like about to start shooting Mm -hmm. in active development mm -hmm. all this man i'm just i mean the, this page this is like 70 pages long man and yeah. i i see i see a list every every week mm -hmm. and I, when i'm looking at it i'm seeing whatever some 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 hbo max some 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 bt plus some 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 paramount plus some 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 and i'm like yo mm -hmm. this is wild because it opens up the doors for people like you and me. It lets me know that I could find work. I can always find some work as a hairstylist slash barber on set. You could always find some type of work. It's work out there. It's just a matter of knowing the right person at the right time that lands you in a position of something that you're on. I realize a lot of this has to do, it's not necessarily because somebody is talent as talented as you, it's really just about 
how a person is more as personable as you like when you got someone that is a genuine person good person and a certain person will see that i believe in you know the universe aligning things to happen the way they're supposed to happen i believe that god these things that god plants before us happens for a reason and nothing is by coincidence you know what i'm saying so I look at it like what you're talking about as far as in your story and what it is that you're writing, I believe that it too shall land. You know what I'm saying? Once it's supposed to, because of it being so many different outlets. You got people, you know, I went to the store the other day and I was like, man, I was like, how big of a TV can I get? Because in my mind, I'm like, I wanna get a, I wanna get a huge, flat screen TV at the crib mm. and just may have my own theater at the crib going to a movie theater because listen, and then the way they structure things now with, you know, I'm pretty sure with the royalty rate, but now they structure things now on viewership of streams. So like, for instance, that uh, movie soul that was on Di yeah. that's Disney plus, like I think yeah. that did like, I don't know, something crazy like 10.4 billion yeah. streams. Mm -hmm. I saw that, yeah. It's like, they're like, whoa. Now you can't tell me that execs aren't like, whoa. Okay. I mean, yeah, you can get, folks could have went to the theater and saw that, but you're only going to see it that one time right now in the theater. What if you want to watch it again tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And that cuts down on piracy with people getting, you know, getting the bootleg fire sticks. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You actually, so I, I said it to say, I don't have any doubt that your script will land on something in the hands of somebody that can make that come to fruition because of the outlets of streaming opportunities that are upon us. Not only what we're seeing, but that's about to occur. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, for real. Um, Moving forward, after 2017, going into 2018, like I was noticing, you know, like on your IG, I mean, like, you know, you, 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 you was, you've been working on some things, man. And, uh, you know, whereas independent things and, you know, from what I was seeing the stuff, it was just like, okay, you know, some stuff going on, man, you got some stuff, <laughs> up, you know what I'm saying? And then I seen, you know what I'm saying? Your hairstyle change. I'm like, okay, you good. And then, and then both. <laughs> And then, got a little bit, got a little bit of something going on with the curl. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He must be, you know what I'm saying? He trying, you know, that's that, that's that culture right there. That's that, <laughs> that's that real Wakanda right there. Mm -hmm. But I noticed on most recently, um, you something I saw like you were you were clean shaven and yeah. it seemed like it was something dealing with. So that's that's what that's what I'm talking about. That's the Unconquered uh, project. So mm. that is, I've, I just started kind of releasing some stills still images from a photo shoot that we did that's so yeah. crazy seeing those pictures because it makes you think it's a movie coming and you know what you should do because it is a movie coming exactly that's what i'm ah, saying you see there <laughs> seeing, seeing that seeing the picture it makes you feel like man what's, his, what, what's he working on mm -hmm. it makes it seem like you got something in the works yes sir you still yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And I will answer to that is, is, a, is a most definitely yes. You know, we right now are in the process. I took the, the feature length film um, and adapted it down to a short film. 
Um, so which will serve as not only a standalone story, but also a proof of concept for the larger feature. Um, and so we're currently in pre-production right now to shoot that short film um, in Florida. Uh, and it is, yeah, it's like a microcosm of the of the larger story. That so thing gotta like, be rated R, man. You gotta have a, you gotta, you gotta be rated R, like what? Like it's oh a, yeah, it, it's 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 it is. It definitely is. You know like, what? Something like that, and it's like PG. You know what I mean? <laughs> man, no, it was some it was some raw things. I mean, it was it was a lot of yeah, just there was a lot of terrible things happening. Honestly, it was just a lot of. But it was also a time where you know folks had to choose you know where they were going to stand in the face of some of these um you know very deadly institutions like this is a time of slavery you know so there were you know those native americans who chose to be and align themselves with uh you know the u.s and and slave owners um and then there were those who chose to ally themselves with um the quote unquote slave property and these these black Seminoles um, who they didn't see as the same, but certainly treated with a humanity and an equality uh, that was nothing like, um, you know, what the, now, what the US and white folks. I'm curious to know, you know, I don't like to really say, you know, where do you see yourself in 10 years, you know, mm. you know but I'm gonna I'm I'm think, I'm gonna go with this with a short term goal. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Man, um, I tell you, I think that as I've I've gotten older in your career, in yeah. my career, I mean, I would I would love to be in a place where, um, and as I'm working now, to be in a place where I have not only um, projects that I'm I'm attached to in an acting capacity, and then having excuse me an opportunity to really explore a lot of different creative choices there but you know have a lot of different um projects that i am associated with as a producer as a, as a writer um, that are working like are kind of taking advantage of what you're speaking to actually of this proliferation of, of streaming outlets whereas for you know a creative to, to have a multitude of projects at at, at various uh at various places yeah and so that's I see that kind of continuing to to, to build and and to grow. I'm in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's that's the the trajectory I, I kind of came into this year, really make looking to to make a breakthrough mm-hmm. um, in a significant way. And you know, I have a, a project, uh, a short film that I, I acted in, but also produced. Um, and then I have another short that I, I produced that's wrapping up post as well now. And so I'm kind of getting mm. ready for, like I said, the, the Unconquered Project. And also, okay. um, you know, my my sketch comedy series. Is... Now, that's what I want to talk to you about. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that was landed through, that's on, uh, 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 is that Fox on Foxhole? That's on Foxhole. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. So talk about that. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So this was kind and, of and, and and how did you release that during the pandemic? Man, I know that was a whole that was a blessing for real. Um, and I would say, especially during a pandemic, to sell a show, um, I felt especially one that was 
just entirely done independently. Um, mm. That was really like blood, sweat, and tears to make it happen with a lot of. And that uh, was through Bentley. That was so Bentley. I initially came to Bentley um, and pitched him on the idea of a sketch comedy discussion series that utilized a satirical social commentary um, in the sketches. Um, and then you come back and have a panel discussion mm-hmm. with intellectuals, with artists, then kind of further delving into the topic of that sketch. Kind of like Chappelle's show, yeah. Real Time with Bill Moore. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, he was like, oh, okay, I can see that. And and bless him for, for being able to see it and also being willing to, you know, really step up and help um, provide the resources to get those first three episodes produced. Mm-hmm. So I basically... Yeah, went around and kind of pulled the, the pieces together and produced three episodes of the show. Oh, so it was just three episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, did they air like like one one this week, one next week? It was three mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, so they aired they aired them over the course of three weeks. Um, and man, it was it it was like I said, it was how, a, how long was it? How long? How long was it? Half an hour. It was thirty minute episodes. Nice. nice. Um, so. From that, we you know we have a whole season that's you know has been written at this point and is currently kind of being looked at by some of these other um, streaming platforms um, wow. because the beauty of of licensing is that even though it, it you know it played on bounce, um, they don't own the content at this point. It's still right. my show. It's still you know um, my thing. So then I'm kind of free to take it to where it can live next um, and be able to get paid from it again. Um, yeah, so speak on that. So speak on that yeah. for, for people that are watching this and hearing this, um, mm-hmm. for those that are in that same position, what does that do? That, that Does that hold like leverage over um, someone um, whereas just buying it outright or just taking, you can, to, or, you, or it's good to have it to where you can kind of lease it to different people. Yeah. In, in in this day and age, what we've seen because there are so many new platforms that are coming up and that need content and need quality content, um, I my definitely my advice to, to creators is to retain the rights to it and work out a non-exclusive licensing deal. Um, whereas they pay you for a certain amount of time, be it a year or whatever it is, a certain amount they have paid for the right to be able to you know have it on their platform, but uh are certainly not the owners of of that material once that and once that plat once that time frame has expired you get the rights back and it's yours to you know to do with as you will because there are just so many different places that are are wow. open to, to to yeah to kind of was now was it cussing on that show uh we did a little bit not a lot not a lot but uh, I think there certainly were some intense moments because you know we were talking about some some real stuff, and I think that, so that's kind of something that could have landed on a Comedy Central. Absolutely, yeah. And you did three episodes, so they may say, "Okay, we like these three episodes. We need for you to come with, you know, four more." That's so the the entire the entire idea is that like we produce these three episodes as not just for them to, you know, to live on their own as they do, but also as a proof of concept for, you know, what we want to do with the show. Um, and so, you know, we have something like a dozen other, you know, scripts that are already, you know, ready and a part of, you know, what the presentation is and what the package is as far as, as far as Unpack goes. You know, I'm, I know that it will find a home somewhere. We're still mm-hmm. kind of figuring out where that, 
next platform um, for it will be. But, you know, I think that as long as people are enjoying to laugh and then also wanting to talk about uh, pressing issues of the day, there'll be, you know, you know there'll be a space for the show because um, I think it really brings those two together in a way that is kind of unique and, and engaging. And what's that show? What's the name? What's it called? And what platform is it on right now? So it's called Unpacked, um, and the episodes are on uh, Box Soul, which can be you can get that through any number of ways. I know they have like boxsoul.com. I think is is the uh, easiest, but they have an app as well that you can download. Yeah, I've seen the app on my smart TV. Yeah. yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can get the app on the TV as well. I mean, they are they're they're growing fast. They're building fast. Wow. You know. Um, That's dope. It is because it's not a, and it's dope to see specifically with, um, you know, content uh, exhibitors that are looking to give opportunities to, to black creators. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Foxhall is, is one that is definitely doing that. And it looks like they're on a, on a very much on a growth trajectory. And like, I'm excited to see that we have more and, and more of these platforms that are receptive uh, and interested in, mm-hmm. in working with, um, you know, with, with talent that aren't household names yet, but, you know, are really putting out interesting, compelling work. I mean, when, you know, when you look back at it, and we're going to go back to that, to the sketch comedy of In Living Color, your show could be looked at from a 12-year-old Black kid in Minnesota that turns mm-hmm. on Fox Soul and watches <laughs> Unpacked and looks at the way you are and the people that are around you, the way you looked at Keenan Ivory Wayans and, wow. and all them on a living color. You know what I'm saying? You see how things come into yeah, full deep, circle bro. and it's not, even, it's not even you trying. It's mm-hmm. just all a part of you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah. When you look at it from that perspective, it's really like wow. So you gotta. That's why. That's why this this podcast is not necessarily meant for us. It's meant for people that want to get to where we are. You know what I'm saying? And they look to us like, wow, man, I want. Like, how can I get there? Because I remember the days when I was like, how can I get there? And mm-hmm. I didn't have an outlet to be able to see or hear any stories or any history background it was always from reading the source magazine or mm-hmm. you know what i mean or or it wasn't it wasn't podcast it wasn't blogs it wasn't the internet you know what i mean right literally yeah so you really had to take that what you that you really had to take that gumption from within to really push forward so i say that to say now we're in a position where someone can you know another 12 year old black kid can minnesota small town in minnesota could be watching your show and watching this podcast and then want to go watch that show because he wants to be able to leave and he wants to act and he wants to be able to move to LA to pursue his film and TV career. Um, what are some things just to kind of, you know, finish things off? What is something that you would tell the up and coming actor, um, creator uh, who wants to get into this, this industry? What are some things that you would want to let them know, you know, venturing into this? Man, um, that's a great question. I think about that a lot. Um, as I look at the, the, the paths I've, I've gone down, there were a couple things that I would say. Um, I'll start with, I'll start with craft stuff. Um, when it comes to, that's the knowledge that anyone can attain by being curious. Um, whether that means 
looking up material online to read, whether that means going to a library and checking out plays and scripts to read, whether that means, um, you know, instead of just watching a film, but actually taking notes on each scene um, and understanding how the story moves and then watching other films to find and understand kind of the commonalities that, that, are, that are in uh, story structure. Um, that, that means, you know, all of the kind of technical things and, aware, and, and, and understanding um, that are, are foundational stuff. And, and as an actor, um, I would say that just means just sometimes just doing it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't always understand that as a younger actor, but um, I know that for now, for me now, sometimes that means being able to get together with friends and work on material and study material and practice. But certainly in, you know, in the time of COVID, it was difficult. But during the pandemic, I would look up material and just learn it for my own sake and practice character structure. I mean, character uh, uh, biographies and um, uh, uh, really breaking down scene study um, so that technically you're proficient. Um, so, you know, reading the books. I want to, I want to, I want to right there. Uh, it's kind of like, I think for creators, the pandemic was uh, a blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it can very, it can certainly be looked at like that. Barring, of course, all of the things, yeah. but like, as far as like being able to really, um, I think, focus in and ask some real questions about what do I want to create? How do I want to go about that? What's important to me? And then how, and even studying up, if you look as an opportunity where it's like, you don't have distractions. So study, so read, so go in, so learn and apply it. Um, and I think that it definitely served as that in a lot of ways for me. Um, so I, I would say all of those things for sure. But then on top of that and separate from that, um is i think the emotional well-being um and certainly if you're looking to make a career of being a creative whether it's actor writer director or whatnot um you know for most folks it's 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 years and years of trying to do that and creating stuff uh that you know for, for it can be perceived as failure um if if you know if you let it to i've kind of come to appreciate it as just part, part of the journey process. yeah yeah part of the growth process um but it can feel like failure yeah. um it can feel uh like you know like your time what the hell am i doing, doing? Am I doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. all those things um and i would say to nurture your um Get comfortable in your own emotional truth yeah. um, and know that people's opinions of you, whether they be favorable or unfavorable, uh, are never the true determination of your worth and value. And it's really important as an actor because you're constantly being judged, either favorably or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, sometimes it can be too easy to eat too much of that favorable. And it's like you're feeling a little too good about yourself. And then sometimes it's like, you know, you eat too much of that unfavorable and it's like, damn, you, you, you don't have the confidence needed to, to do the work. Um, so, yes, nurture that and do that in. To never hesitate, never hesitate to not take a job that may not be 
that active job, but it may be close to it. So never hesitate and, and, and deny a job that can get you in front of that camera. I've got stories. No, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share a quick story, like, of that very thing happening. This was when I was doing production work. I was finishing working on a reality show. One of the, 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 the producers on that was about to do an independent film. And I was uh, like, well, I was a transcriber on this, which is the person who just literally, for those who don't know, on like reality shows, all the words that they say, someone has to type all those up so that the producers have pages of scripts to go through. Go back on. Yeah, exactly. Decide what's in and what's not. So I was doing that. Um, and well, you said, shut up, bitch. Okay, right here. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Okay, yeah, right there. Like, okay. <laughs> I've had to go back like, what is the appropriate spelling of bitch you don't yeah. know my name? Yeah. What is like what right, right, what do you, right. Should, I, should I write in the gesture that she grabbed? Right. Bitch, you don't know my Hold name. On. That'd be included. Right. And you know what's crazy? If you look at the uh the uh the captions on Oh some, yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes if you go and look, if you go and look at like Minister Society and put on the captions. Mm. Or it'd be like, nigga, what the, f-, you know, whatever. <laughs> it'll be like, nigger. It'll say nigger. I'm like, man, what the hell? I'm like, hold up, that ain't what he said. That ain't what he said. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's just interesting. That's interesting seeing it. So you, so you, so you were a transcriber. Uh, I was for that particular wow. job. Yeah, for that particular job, I wow. was. Um, and I, I, she, she basically, she was like, she offered me, um, she wanted, they needed a driver for this other film. Um, and I was like, for transpo, for transpo. This was, this was an independent film, so there wasn't they even like official in, transpo. So in the it, film or like driving the no, for the production, so for the production for transpo. Okay, yeah, basically yes. Yeah, this was indie transpo, so this was like my '96 Toyota Camry was the transpo. Oh, um, man. so it wasn't the van, it wasn't the shuttle of us. No, sir. That's what I said. This was indie. This was indie oh, transfer. Okay. Okay. So they did not have the full budget for all that. So she's like, yeah, you're going to be picking up one of the actors in the film um, and driving him to and from set. And I'm like, okay, great. Pull up first day. I'm looking at the address. I'm pulling up. And um, it was in, um, it was over here in um, well, Brentwood um, off of the 405. Very, you know, nice area here in LA. Uh, nice homes and whatnot. I'm like, who am I picking up? Pull up. And who walks out? Ring Rames. Mm. He's the lead in this film. And he walks out. First thing he says, he looks at the car, he's like, You driving this? And I'm like, You're like, Yes, yes, yeah. yes Mr. Rames. Uh, it felt like, it felt, it felt like a fast gave you. No, it's like, he's looking like this is the car they gave you to drive me. And I'm like, No, it's mine. It's my, it's my, it's my Camry. It's getting me around these days. Um, but long story short, I was his driver. How fast does home. it go? You could have been, no. been. How fast does it go? <laughs> so fast and furious, to, like as fast as you wanted to go. Oh you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get in you. Where you like that, in a position like that, I would have been like, "What the hell? This is crazy." Yeah. Ben Reigns is in the damn. It was crazy. Oh, oh, I'm thinking Vin Diesel. Hold oh, oh Vin Diesel. Oh, okay, no, no, no. This is baby Rains. boy. Oh, oh baby boy. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it even funnier. Hold on a minute. So yeah, this is big race. Yeah, he comes outside. Yes, he said they picking me up. They picking yeah, yeah. Me up. It was it was it was definitely oh, wow. definitely him looking at this camera like they 
I know they ain't have no money, but damn, wow, that's this guy they left me. So he he eventually, you know, he, he gets in, and um, I'm I'm responsible for driving him to and from set on this film. And of course, we you're a, you're a tall guy. He's not a very tall guy. Really, he's a he has like a real like a presence, certainly on screen and in person. But he's like five ten. He's not oh, okay. maybe wow. five ten. He's not a tall guy. Mm-hmm. But man, he he is uh, as the energy that you get from him on from on screen, it definitely translates in person. In person, and when he wants it to be, okay. he, he <laughs> very very easily can, can slide into that. But he's um what I mean what in a position like that, what you have on the radio, man? Like what you have playing on the radio, like <laughs> whatever he wanted. I was like whatever you whatever you want to hear, whatever you're whatever you're about. Uh, I was like, sir, whatever you need. Honestly, the whole time I was, I was trying to talk to him without being annoying. Right. But I mean, it was. I, I felt like I was like. It, it definitely felt like it was a Hollywood story of like, oh my gosh, I'm here with Ding Rain. I, 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 I could believe it. I could to believe talk it. to him. Um, and but I, I brought all that up because there was a day. Um, this is you know several days into the filming and. You know, he and I had, had worked out a certain level of rapport where he knew that I was an actor and I'd gone to Howard and was, you know, pursuing it and so on and so forth. So he was um, asking, so was he asking his question or you was like driving? Oh, no, this is me talking. This is, this is, this is, this like, is yeah, me so trying to be like, hey, yeah, I'm an actor. Uh, yeah, I'm an actor, Mr. Ames. Um, you know, any, anything you want to say about, you know, insight? I went, I, and, I went and to Howard. To his credit, man, look, he's one, he'll keep it 100 with you about whether who he, who he likes, how he feels, what he, he kept it 100. Um, because I remember we were talking about, we were talking about at one point, um, rappers in films and rappers acting because in that film, uh, actually Nipsey Hussle was, uh, was in the film. It was one, I think one of his only film roles. Okay. Yeah. That um, was talking about. Yeah. But it was one where we talked about, uh, actors in films and he was like, well, let me tell you, like, you know, you are actor, but you know, Nipsey's got like that, that real experience and you, you know. You ain't no thug, dude. I know that. It was like, I, you ain't gonna play that. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, actors do that. And then I said, like, Denzel in Training Day. I was like, you know, Denzel in Training Day, he wasn't a gangster, you know, but he made it work. And I asked him, yeah, I ain't believe him in that. I was like, what you mean? You ain't, you ain't believe Nah, Denzel ain't built like that. Like, okay, word. Quote but you know, in, in that what? movie, he didn't really come off as a thug. He just mm-hmm. came off as... Uh, 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 you know, a, a hood cop. Yeah, but he wasn't really a thug, like on some old, some street thug type stuff. You know what I mean? He kind of yeah. came off as just you know one of those guys that he probably lived in up in the hills or something. But he, I got you. So not like yeah, not street. So he's so being he didn't live in the project, but he was like, he know he about the projects. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Versus like a he didn't grow up in the projects. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's for probably sure. what he was probably meaning. For sure, for sure. Uh, and it uh, it was one where like, it was an education in a lot of ways, but I, I, I wrap it up being to, there was a day where there was a scene where he was, the, his character who was in prison um, was doing a scare straight program. Um, and so they needed to have, uh, they had brought in some young people for it. Um, and forget one way or another they kind of had turned to me was like hi you're an actor do you want to be in this um and naturally <laughs> yes of course me ah jumped at the opportunity and it ended up where you know i ended up in the scene that with bing rains um and doing what 
and 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 have, doing a scene with him. So he comes in. It's like we're part of a scared straight program in this prison that he's kind of like the this infamous um, gang leader in. And I have a scene like one on one with him. Um, so where, you were the one being scared straight. Yes, I was playing with one of the kids. One of the kids oh. who was coming in, and I was scared straight. Mm. Um, and he was uh, he was scaring us straight. Mm, okay, okay. But it ended up being one of like the at that time certainly the leading to my to my reel because uh, I have this scene with Ming Rains, mm. and you know up until that time I don't think I had and even since I have something with like an actor that is as notable and well known, and it came from this opportunity that was not that at all. Was saying yes it to be Yeah, because you so took I, the job because you took the job as the driver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once again, yeah. for those that are listening and watching this, never hesitate to take something, work something that can maybe be a part of you in elevating. Yeah. In your you just, career, you just don't know. So don't hesitate. Because if yeah. you hesitate, then you might not elevate. Like that. Like you might, if you hesitate, you might not elevate. Hesitate, you might not elevate. That's that's real as all <laughs> hell. You're laughing, but I'm like, no, that's that's truth right there. Especially in this, because sometimes if you hesitate, it's like someone else is someone else isn't. Someone else is glad to jump in that opportunity. Exactly. Um, and it's not to to certainly to tell yourself short, but to recognize like you don't know where your blessings may come from. Exactly. They will come from around corners um, and from folks that you may not have even imagined. And sometimes it just means humbling yourself uh, to be able to be in a position to receive that. I remember um, it, was I, a job, it was a job and, and I'll wrap this up too. It was a job mm -hmm. that I took. It was the lowest paid job I, I got. This was, uh, let me see, I, I, I met you that December, 2017. This mm -hmm. was like, this was uh, summer. No, this was summer 2018. It was the only job I took that was that that was brought my way in 2018. It was a BET movie. I think I was getting paid 75 dollars a day mm. to be there for X amount of you know the whole entire day of every day of shooting. You're cutting everybody. I'm cutting the leads. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm cutting the leads. Like it was a it was a, you know what I'm saying? Like Leon was in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it, it was, was working. Yeah. Yeah. So this was like lead, you know, it was a BET movie on TV. Trip off this. It was the only job I I was able to work that year. Um I was making $75 uh each day. I had clients still hitting me up, wanting to me to come to cut cut them at the shop. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to balance the two. Mm -hmm. It was that mm -hmm. August um going into september in september my sister passed mm. um and then november her best friend passed oh damn bro it was just hit it was like a bad year i would say once 2019 january came then february then i got called to go work on uh, do a day on snowfall go do a day mm -hmm. on this other show went and did this other show um was working throughout the year that same job came back and started another show i was brought back on that show um then i ended up going to go do tenant then i oh, did wow. another show you know what i'm saying you've been getting around my yeah, guy. yeah I, did, I did i did three weeks on tenant 
Woo, man. They had, they had a house on location in the desert, India, California, in the desert. Oh, but wow. I say all that to say, I took that $75 a day job, whereas somebody else would have been like, man, I ain't doing this, mm-hmm. and bounced. Mm-hmm. But because of the passion, and I didn't want to hesitate on not taking it because I know somebody else would have took my spot, yeah. and that could have been them. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's why I say never hesitate because then you might not elevate. If you don't hesitate, if you hesitate, then you might not elevate. So don't hesitate. I don't know if you've written that down go. yet, but I suggest you do before someone gets a hold of it. You got something there. <laughs> go go for the go for the job. Yeah. And you never know. Go for the job. Go for the goal. How can folks uh, reach you, man? How can they contact you? Oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm easy to find. Um, Hottie Williams, H-A-R-I Williams, um, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on Twitter. Um, you can also check out uh, the show at Unpacked TV on Instagram as well. Um, hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm purposefully easy to find. Brother, I appreciate you lounging with me, man. This this episode was long overdue. We've been talking Absolutely. about it over the past. Yeah, yeah, we have been for a good minute. Years. So I'm definitely, you know, like I said, once the platform came about, I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead. Let me not hesitate. Mm, there you go. There you go. Exactly. Let me not hesitate because then I'm trying to elevate. Let me go ahead and get this podcast going yes. from the Zoom. You know what I'm saying? That way I can reach out at a, from a wider perspective. Look, you're not limited by, yeah, you're not limited, man. No, it's going to go anywhere no. and everywhere. So, brother, I want to thank you for lounging with me. For those that are watching this or hearing this, um, you can go to the Instagram, uh, lounging, L-O-U-N-G-I-N underscore W-I-T underscore skip. And you can uh, check out um, all the different interviews of different people that I interviewed um, throughout the course of the uh, couple years, as well as going to Spotify and YouTube and checking out the actual uh, stuff, the audio and the video. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, man, you good? Oh yeah, I just was, uh, I just jumped up and I was just gonna wrap it up. I just wanted to just, yeah, so, you know. No, I, no, no, I was going because uh, my computer actually was, uh, <laughs> we went low, so I had to do a, a well, quick jump hey, up real quick. But I salute you, we didn't I thank you, on the, on the wrap up. And I, and I thank you, man. Thank you for lounging with me, brother. All right, y'all. Well, stay tuned to the next episode, um, episode 39, and I'll see you all then. Peace.